Welcome to Wax Half Full, a podcast that I thought was a joke, but has somehow has probably lasted three episodes. My name is Wax, who this podcast is named after. I'm an esports freelancer from New York, who apparently is so popular in, on a Discord server that people wanted me to, to do a podcast. And uh, here's my co-host, Ads, who brings likability again from by being Australia, by virtue of being Australian, just really counteracts all of the unlikability I bring to this podcast. Yo. I'm Ads from Sydney, Australia, and apparently I'm likable. Never heard that before in my life. You don't, you don't think that's the impression of Australians worldwide? Maybe I don't, don't, yeah, no, it no, is. It, I just don't think it's the impression that people have of me. Nah, <laughs> yeah, but like you just, I just hear your accent. I'm like, ah, this guy's like, this guy's approachable, and this is the guy I want to talk yeah, I to. Get that a lot in Japan when I was just going out about. So yeah, I can say that. See, so you understand like there's these stereotypes that exist about where you're from yeah. without actually. Uh, this like, is. It's it's kind of funny because what we act so similar to British people, but yeah. British people have a, such a negative stereotype. Oh, maybe you know, in Australia. No, no, maybe in Australia. Australia. Like ah. if, if you go anywhere to Europe and you tell them you're British, <laughs> they'll hate you because oh, and... British soccer fans are just fucking insane. Oh, and you okay? Okay, that makes sense in, in Europe, but like in America, in Europe, even in Japan, even in Japan, like I, I heard bad things because I I went like a month after the World Cup the the rugby world cup so there yeah. were a lot of british people there oh. i don't know how we avoided that but it's just, it's just like the upstart you know like oh we were convicts and now we're a country look what a, what a, what a wild little ride kind of thing I, I think it's just like maybe it has a lot to do with uh representations in popular media and who you yeah. have as your world ambassadors well mm-hmm. so i wanted to i wanted to the topic about like you know international outside perception so we'll get to this tweet that we had, we all saw in the Discord, and it's by uh, I, th- I think a c- comedy writer called Allison Levy Levy Levy. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but I'll just read it to you guys. Unless I mean, our audience is a Discord who's all read this, but I'll just read it to you guys anyway because I'm pretending that this is an actual podcast. Okay, so here's here's the po- here's a tweet. People who live outside NYC and don't have bodegas, where do you go to buy two diet cokes, roll toilet paper towels? And also, let me get some peanut butter M&Ms well, since I'm here. Why not? Right, so and what are bodegas, really? Like, it's, like I, I Googled it, but I, yeah. I have, I've heard it referencing, like, hip-hop and shit. Right. I don't actually know what it is. All right. So, it's the, from what I understand, it's the Spanish name for a convenience store. But white people really like to use it because it sounds exotic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's my understanding of it. And you know what? I used to use it too, and that, but now because of this tweet, I'm sort of like thinking of moving off of it. Damn, you're really getting canceling right. your own language use from the tweet. Yeah. Well, well, look. So this person says it's a joke, whatever, and like, fine. That that could have been the intention, but how everyone is, you know, sort of received it was as like, you know, New Yorker being oblivious and very snooty, and they received it that way because that's how you know, that's how they perceive New Yorkers to be in general. So, what do you think about that? Like when you saw. Like, when you saw this, what was your reaction to this tweet? Did you care at all, or what? Uh, I, I I don't think I have like such an opinion on like the the word. Is it is it more the word bodega or the concept? Because obviously, like I feel like bodega now that you've explained to me isn't that unique, right? It's, it's not, not unique, right? It's, what, what what like makes it stand out? Like what makes it a bodega other than being in New York? Uh, just, just has to be in New York. Like, are they bodega? Do people call them bodegas outside New York? I don't know. Probably in like Latin America, I guess. Oh, it's yeah, just like, okay. but yeah. I mean, I mean, in the U.S. Um, not that I know of. Okay. 
So yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like it's a bad thing, but um, yeah, like it's it's a word, and I I assume like melting pot, whatever New York was, from my brief understanding of it, from hip hop documentaries. So, yeah, uh, I, I see it happen. I, I don't have an opinion, like strong opinion on on it either way. No, no, but like, what, what do you think about like people who like, do you perceive? So a lot of people took this as an example of like, oh, you know, like New Yorkers think people who don't live in New York don't actually have stores. They literally think they're they're so like, they romanticize their own city so much they give their shit like unique names and they think other people don't have very trivial, commonplace things. Like, yeah, did you understand, did you understand like the hate around this or were you like, huh? Yeah, I, I guess because I'm not from New York, I don't like have that connection to it or yeah. like even from outside of the U.S. But, like, I, I can see it happening, like, with other things. Like, it's just a natural thing where it's like, you know, you want to be special and you think only your place has this thing. And then you find out, oh, it's the same everywhere and uh, you were never special in the first place. That's pretty much life, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. I, th- I think it's fu- it's funny because we, we call Podegas, um corner shops. Yeah, yeah. Like, and in, in Melbourne, so in Melbourne, they don't call them corner shops. They call them milk bars. That's kind of random. That's so stupid. And Melbourne people are, are the ostentatious, super I, hipster people. So they had to call it milk bars. But essentially, I, I assume it's from the origination that, you know, you'd buy milk there. Why is it a bar? I don't know. Right. Don't understand why it's a milk bar. But yeah, that's that's what it's called there. We just call them corner shops, you know. Like yeah. they're, they're on the corner of every road. They're quite, yeah. you know, a little bit more expensive than if you went to like some some big uh, supermarket or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's good for a for a little cheeky ice cream, whatever you need when it's a hot day like today. All right. I'll probably go there after this. <laughs> all right. So, you know, as we, I said in the previous intros that I'm bringing all the unlikability of this podcast from being from New York because I have like a self-awareness about it that New Yorkers present themselves to the world in a certain way that could be, you know, considered a bit elitist. Like, but what's your perception? I, I think... Like, uh, the perception that New York New York people are elitist? Is that what you're asking about? Or yeah, like, uh, yeah, like, yeah, elitist, obnoxious. I don't, yeah, I don't I, know. I think... So, some I, negative I, things, I, negative things. I don't know, right? You, you, is she from New York or did you just move to New York? I don't think uh, he's from he, New York. He's from Denver, but he moved, he moved there. But, yeah. I mean, this isn't necessarily about just me and, you know, people you know, but just, like, I, I mean, in terms of, like, the general perception. Like I said, like... Me, me perceiving Australians as being like likable and friendly isn't about you necessarily. It's just about yeah. this impression I've gotten from my popular media and celebrities and famous people. I think, I think because New York is like put up as the bastion of Western civilization, like city civilization. Anyways, mm-hmm. I think I think it's only natural that people uh, either see people who who made it. You know, like most people from New York didn't like. Well, at least the people you know you kind of like see didn't live in New York their whole entire life. Mm-hmm. Those people, you, you, they see themselves as a making it, and therefore they they add to that whole like I want to say bias, but kind of like a bias towards being like in the in the top the, the echelon of uh, of Western like city civilization. It's like it's like fashion. You go to New York, you got the lights, the bright city lights. You know, if uh, Alicia Keys and Jay Z made a song about you, then you probably made it. You know. <laughs> well, it, well yeah, a, but the lyric in the song. 
but yeah but are, but are you like perceiving that self-importance as being annoying or is it just like a, a thing that's not necessarily good or bad i don't think i've had too many like direct experiences with people from new york okay. that i can like say that i found it annoying mm. maybe if i did i would find it probably annoying okay but i find myself annoying so all right okay so so maybe this is actually more of like an inter-american thing whereas like basically you're saying hey so yeah I agree that New York's, you know, it's presented as like this big, important city, a locus of culture and economy. But the, what happened with this tweet is it's basically people from other places in America are like, New York is the worst. People who live there are the worst. They're very stuck up and self-important. It's like, it could be true that it is the economic center and cultural center of, of, the, uh, of the country. But this is independent from that. The people who, live, who are from there kind of suck. And I feel like that's sort of a, you know, it's 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 sort of emblematic of the two Americas thing. If you if you're into that, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's, this is more of an intra-American problem. I, I think I think it is. Okay, uh, can I is. can I ask can I ask producer Keith about this? Producer Keith is from uh, I think, what is it, San Diego, which is SoCal, which is a kind of a rival region. I don't want to say rival region, but you know, it's a region that has, you know, the New York New York. East Coast and West Coast have, you know, that thing going on. Keith, you want, you want to chime in? Yeah, uh, about what? what? What do you think? So Ads kind of says he doesn't really get the, you know, he, he knows that New York presents itself as kind of important, but he doesn't necessarily think that he doesn't have a pre preconception or a notion that New Yorkers are sort of like snooty and annoying. Okay, well, I don't have... How should I phrase this? I don't have an issue with New Yorkers, um, but I do get the reputation. Mm. Um, I have half of my family is they're not from New York, but they they uh well I guess I guess they would be from New York. They were born elsewhere and then moved to New York. Um, so I have a lot of family that lived in New York for a long time. And they're very about New York. Mm. Uh, whether th- that comes through, like it comes through mostly in sports, but just in general, they're very mm. about New York. And I get the sense that a lot of New Yorkers are the same way. Hey, so so what about other other cities in America? I like that. Um, L.A. is yeah. like that. Yeah. So it's like, it's like the big ones, you know, like it's like the ones where like. The culture is is at least pushed up far enough that you, it can become yeah it can it's, become it's that kind of like this is my identity like I don't see my identity as being from Sydney but a lot of Melbourne people do mm. it seems like it it stems a lot from like if you're like culturally relevant whether it be in um like sports or entertainment or whatever mm. you get that you see a lot of yourself and then it like sort of like boosts you up and over other things. So it like New York is very much like that LA, all of Texas. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just feel like, uh, like this tweet wouldn't have gotten so many quote teats. It, would, it wouldn't have gotten ratioed if there yeah. wasn't a lot of under, like it's a bad tweet, but like it wouldn't have gotten ratioed this hard. Unless 
there was a lot of resentment people had you know like mm-hmm. lying underneath and they're like oh look at this see everything we thought about you know people from new york as being these annoying stuck up people like whether that's real or not whether there are enough people who had that sort of preconception and they were ready to pounce on this is what i'm trying to say yeah. all right but also, maybe maybe Keith was the uh, the wrong person to ask because I feel like this is also like a very much uh, demographic for this. It's a little bit, uh, let's say, like white millennial New Yorker, maybe transplants from other states. That's sort of this applies to. Like, if you if you want to get more granular, the specific kind of New Yorker people hate on on the internet is sort of that, like, is sort of that kind of group. It's not it's not necessarily like, you know, it's very. I think it's a little bit specific. I would say. <laughs> I say that. So there was, there was recently a Nike Japan recently put out a commercial about, you know, Nike's been, you know, regardless of what you think of their actual intentions and how cynical they are and how ethical their practices are in reality, they are good about messaging about you know social justice and you know those kind of talk. They're they're very big on social justice messaging at least. Let's let's say that. Yeah, I think a lot of people also thought that it's been a recent thing, but I remember old Nike ads still pushing that kind of stuff like. In the early thousands, kind of thing, ads. I don't know about older than that. Right. They still push that message. So it's not like a new thing. I think Nike's always been about it. Um. Yeah. I don't know. My my memory's not so good, but I, but let's say at least in the last like decade, it's been pretty relevant. So recently in Japan, they put out a ad campaign that uh, says, "Hey, st- that's against discrimination against mixed race, mixed ethnicity, Japanese people," and apparently. There's been a big backlash from people saying, you know, you know, the usual kind of things. Oh, you know, this this is an American thing. You know, you don't understand the culture. You know, stop framing it this way. Yada yada yada. And there's probably also just direct ones that aren't even like trying to be nuanced. Say, there's probably actually direct racist racist responses to that too. So so uh, ads. You know, you've said in our previous podcast that your affinity for Japan isn't necessarily about Japan itself. It's just it was your first love, you know. It was the first place you went when you were a uh, impressionable young teenager wanting to get away from home. So yeah, I have different, uh, not different opinions on that now, but I kept thinking about it and like, not didn't change my opinion, but I kind of like gave myself a second opinion. But we can get into that because then we'll be into this all day. But yeah, yeah so but yeah, so um, you know, what what do, what do you think? Obviously, you like a lot about a lot of Japanese culture, but the fact that it's kind of xenophobic and racist that you can't really deny that so how, yeah, how does that so like how do you, so yeah how does that strike you this recent uh, reaction this reaction doesn't doesn't surprise me like ultimately what, what's what like someone dropped the statistics on how many there's a there's a word for korean people but i'm not gonna try it because i don't remember off the top of my head but japanese Zain- korean people yeah Zainichi. yeah um and like the the numbers weren't massive. It was like a couple hundred thousand, right? It was like five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand. When it's in a population of like a hundred million, right? And a lot of them live in Tokyo. I think there's like not Tokyo, Osaka, Yokohama, Osaka. Yeah, Osaka. Osaka. As well. Osaka? Okay. Yeah, Osaka as well. Uh, yeah. So like, if you live outside those two areas, then you know you're not going to really experience different cultures in the same way. I think it's just it's inherent in a like almost you know completely one race culture to believe that and also i I think japanese people in general not even japanese people in general i feel like this is a this is a whole world problem i feel like a lot of people do this in other countries 
where it's like, okay, you know, we've got our problems. They do in Australia too. But you've got our problems. But then you look at America, you look at England, wherever, you know, wherever the issue is worse, quote unquote. Um, and they're like, all right, the issue is worse there. So, you know, they should fix their problems before we fix our problems, you know. It's, it's kind of that thing. And it, I think it's not just the Japan thing, even though it happens in Japan as well. But it's a whole thing right now where people compare themselves to someone else favorably towards their side. And then they say, okay, we, we didn't even touch this, you know. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah no, I, I often understand that. People don't want, like, because... No one I, wants to be the bad guy. <laughs> you, 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 can, you can agree with... You can agree with Nike, and you can also understand that they probably don't understand it as well as the Japanese. Like they, 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 they could be right and also not understand. Like those two aren't like mutually exclusive. Yeah. yeah. But uh, what does what does this do for? I mean, yeah, you're you're a foreigner who's been to Japan, and obviously you had enough like, good experiences that you're trying to go there and live there like for a while. So like, how, how did you like? Exp- and this is a little bit different, obviously, like being yeah. a being, being a, a white pass- foreigner, yeah. being a white being a white passing foreigner and being like a mixed race like kid in japan those are different things but how did you experience xenophobia if you did experience any of it i didn't experience it directly i can't think of any um i think my friend did but i wasn't with them and they didn't really explain it well the way i understood it was that they just didn't really understand what was going on but yeah i never experienced it directly but like with the ad i, I watched that it was a good ad like it was, okay. it was pretty good um, but yeah, I, I think it, it boils down to that thing. And I, I read, read a lot of the comments and the comments were essentially, you know, um, uh, you don't get Japanese culture. Uh, look at, uh, you should focus on American culture or whatever it was. Cause American culture is not that good either. I, I felt like that was a push uh, and the other push was, it just doesn't exist, which is obviously like a stupid one. Yeah. But I think the major one, or at least the one that most people were pushing towards was you, a, you don't understand Japanese culture and B you know, worry about your own culture first before you worry about our culture kind of thing. Right. But at least that, that second one, worry about your issues first, sort of acknowledges that because, like, that's the thing. Like, it, at least you're acknowledging acknowledges it, but yeah, that racism, like yeah. It's not that, it's not a problem, though. Yeah, like, but acknowledging that racism is bad is sort of, like, an important thing. Like, and the thing, I don't know. Uh, so, again, you, you said you, you yourself didn't experience any kind of, like, uh, xenophobia when you were there, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, no, same I, thing. I was predominantly in like cities so like actually i went to a bit of countryside as well so it wasn't like i was just in the city but yeah i never experienced it yeah yeah, yeah, but yeah i've heard other day. people experiencing it even though they were white like it's not just because you know like i've heard people experience white and i've heard people experience because they're black but yeah i th- I think it's just something that is a problem obviously there's a problem in japan but it's a problem with the whole world right now where um People look for the extreme of a situation and they say, okay, we're not that extreme. So therefore, you know, we can wait. Let's wait till the extreme gets a bit closer to us and then we can worry about, you know, fixing any problems. Like like with um, Australia and uh, Aboriginal people, it's always been like a, str- a problem. But with, you know, Black Lives Matter, it was obviously like Black Lives Matter exceeded the boundaries of the, of the US and went to Australia. And people said, oh, you know, don't bring the problems of America here. We don't have those problems here. You know, we didn't have X amount of people dying to the police every year. Our police are good. But, yeah. you know, like, there are obviously problems. Like, you can't say our police are perfect, right? But people said, ah, oh, you know, in America they kill X amount of people. We didn't kill that many people here, so therefore, let's just chill out, you know? Like, it's not how things work, you know? It's not a comparison thing. Does it affect, um, does it affect at all, like, you know, even a little bit, like, your desire to want to, like, go there and, and mm, I, I think I've become more aware of 
those kind of issues. And I, I think you, know, you could always push towards that. I think it's a the um the fact that the country is very politically apathetic. I've I've noticed. Yeah. Which which is changing with the younger generation, but when the younger generation gets so heavily out outweighed by the older generation it's kind of, it's it's kind of the problems in the US and Australia but on like steroids kind of thing where like the, the older generation just has such a massive say in politics anyways that it's it's too hard to make anything actually change and by the looks of it unless there's like a massive change that doesn't look like it's going to change any time soon whereas in America and the US uh, sorry America and Australia at the very least there is a shift towards you know middle age Okay. Yeah, at least to speak for myself, and like in the case of Korea, like Korea and Japan, they're you know they're very different, and also at the same time, there's a lot of like undercurrents that are very similar, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's there's like a xenophobia slash racism that that definitely does exist. Yeah, and I'd say at least for myself, like that's like maybe not the biggest reason that I, that I don't want to live in Seoul, but it's it's part of it. Yeah, because like because even though it wouldn't apply to me, because you know I'm ethnically Korean. It's just like every time you have a conversation where someone just drops like the equivalent racial slur for like, I don't know, a Chinese person or a Japanese person or, or mm-hmm. whatever. It's like, wow, you know, this is the place I'm living in, you know, where you know, that kind of attitude is, is accepted. And that's like so diff- it's very jarring. And it's like it's a thing that like, I don't know how to measure how much how negative that is. But it's something that that does like weigh on your mind and make you not want to live somewhere. Yeah. Um, how do I say this? I think the thing is, for me anyways, why it doesn't weigh as heavily on my mind is because I've experienced that in Australia, like mm. heavily. Like I went played soccer with a predominantly, you know, um, we, were, we were in all like one, like one culture, like we were mixed. Like we had some Lebanese people, we had some uh, Pakistani people, we had some Indonesian people and we're playing soccer to 10, 11, 12 year olds, whatever the fuck we were. And you got, you know, like bunch of middle-aged white women coming to watch their kids you know you're winning or whatever i don't remember the score but there's a hard tackle like there is it wasn't dirty tackle and you've got people screaming at you know go back to your country kind of thing yada yada the usual shtick and i don't think it ever like i didn't catch it as as hard when i was like that young but i kind of like look back on it so it's not like i've been sheltered from it in australia kind of thing and yeah it goes back to like yeah i don't see like yeah, I don't see like I've in Australia. It's not. It's been a problem in Australia, so I don't know if it changes the fact that I'm in a different country. But it might like I don't have the experience to say it would. That's true. Like I guess we sort of overlooked that fact that Australia, like there, while while we while we started off by saying that people find Australians likable, there's also the fact that like sometimes politically, it kind of it has like red red state America characteristics outside the big cities, right? Yeah. So, so maybe you're actually very uh, attuned to that kind of attitude. Yeah, I, I'm very, I'm very politically like active, so that kind of like does put me at odds with the Japanese kind of culture of political apathy. And yeah, like, would I be? Would it be nice for Japanese people to be more politically active? Yeah, it would be nice. But I don't think I'm the person. I don't think Nike are way bigger than I am. I'm one person. Nike is like an entire. Cos like a cosmos in and of itself to to, but yeah I don't I don't know like you know with the whole Nike thing with um Kaepernick, um like you had people burning their shoes apparently people were burning their shoes in Japan as well I don't know if that was true or if it was just they found some picture <laughs> and they I mean I mean all you need it. is 
all you need is one person yeah, to take like a one. video and then you just run with them and use for like yeah um yeah so i think that's what i, I think it's something that people use i i think to boil it down i still think this is it i think people boil it down as we might have problems or, or even if they don't accept that they have problems they at the very least point at something else and say this is worse therefore our problems are either non-existent or at the very least not important i think that's where most people get boil it down to or how people how people who are like moderates will justify their inaction on on a, on a situation whether it be racism or something else okay well i don't know if we've shed we've uh attained any true insight on this but whatever best best of luck to nike and your in your cynical corporate messaging in conclusion corporations are not people and you shouldn't rely on them for social justice messaging yeah yeah basically oh well this so this segues pretty nicely into the other topic we want to talk about which is uh now miyasaka he's also half yes japanese probably the most famous wait yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. like right now and at present the most famous like half mixed ethnicity japanese person in the world getting a shoujo manga series wait shoujo right yes yeah. girls in the outer space i'm looking at it right now right I'm so while i'm reading so that's probably gonna be yes. annoying <laughs> yes p- p- please read us the news all right i'll read it i'll read it so like you said naimasuka becomes shoujo manga star for new series set in outer space outer space has become really popular in manga lately so especially because uh japan's doing the whole the whole they're pushing space exploration very heavily recently like they had a few satellites, whatever they were sending. I think to Jupiter. But I could be wrong. Damn. So they're doing big things in in the space thing, and it's becoming really popular. In in I follow a few um a few Japanese artists, and they I don't know what what they have relation to, but they're really like retweeting a lot of space stuff. So I don't know, maybe I'm biased because of that, but they retweet space stuff like constantly. But yeah, so she's going to be a new heroine in Japan's biggest girls magazine, comic magazine. Nakayoshi is Japan's popular girls' comics anthology. And basically, it's not going to be a quick one-off chapter. It's not like a one-shot. It's going to be an entire... It's it's a, it's an entire series called Unrivaled Naomi Tenkaichi. Although Tenkaichi usually means the best in the world, literal translation is the best under heaven. So, so my, my question is, uh, by the way, Naomi Saka is a Nike athlete. So the fact that um, they're making like a long-term manga uh, about her... Does this suggest that you know the people who read the who read manga? I assume you know, even though it's more mainstream in Japan than it is around the world, it's mostly young people, right? So does this reflect the attitudes of younger people that they're like, yeah, like, like they don't they don't have a problem with the? Didn't she have like a whole situation with? Um, I don't know. You tell me with racism. I think she well, mentioned, which one? mentioned it. Like she mentioned not feeling Japanese or something like that. Uh, this is actually a really complicated topic. I think me and Keith have like, looked this up a little bit in terms of like, because she doesn't, um, this is interesting because she wants to represent the country though. Like she has like an affinity for yeah. the country, which is why she represents Japan. Like that's the flag flying by her name in the Olympics or whatever. It's, it's something people discuss a lot, especially in um, in UFC, where you can mm-hmm. only fly under one banner. Mm-hmm. And people love like bringing that up when they, when like a player when an when a athlete brings out the second flag, like, um, what's his name? The Stylebender. I'm really bad with UFC and with names Adas- in general. Ad- Adesanya, Adesanya. F- he yeah. plays under the um, New Kiwi. Zealand. Yeah. yeah, the New Zealand banner. But when he wins, he brings out the Nigerian banner, right? Mm-hmm. I think he's from, like, he has, you know, like, family from Nigeria or whatever. I don't know if he was born in Nigeria. And pe- 
yeah, people people f like flame him in the comments for that. Like, why are you doing that? I thought you were a New Zealander. Why are you? Like, it's so stupid. But I see it. I see it happen. Yeah. No, but this is the other way around. This yeah. is the this this is the quote unquote right way, right? Yeah. For, for, well, what do you think about that though? The fact that they're doing it doesn't it doesn't it mean that? Back to my question, doesn't it mean that younger people, uh, the like, the fact that she's such a big star, would, would, or doesn't mean or doesn't mean anything? I I think it means that she's big enough that you can overlook certain things. Ah. I I think once you reach a certain point, kind of like. Like she's she's not just a, like if she was just a tennis player who was just like you know also ran whatever like rank twenty like she was good like don't say she wasn't good she was like rank twenty or whatever she was you know getting round of sixteen or whatever but she wasn't winning anything I think it would be completely different because she was rank one and she won like massive massive tournaments US I think Open, that yeah. pushes her past like it pushes her to the point where it'll it'll exist but people will will ignore it anyways and they'll say oh you know that that's my opinion I think once you reach a certain level, people can look past any like indifference they have towards you, for whatever reason. Okay, I don't know how like much of like how much you have your finger on the pulse of Japanese youth culture, but you, would you say? Because I would say like in, in another country, like being like half mixed race could almost be like a, like a plus in like an exoticism kind of way, which is like also problematic in its own way. But whatever, cynically speaking, like being mixed race might actually be a positive in terms of your personal marketing. Yeah. Because it makes you different, it makes you stand out. You don't think that's playing in in any way here? Like, like what's your beat on like how you know these, the consumer of this product feels about her? How the consumer product? Feels, I I think um, see I I don't know like it's not my demographic kind of thing. To, like, okay, oh, well yeah, because because you are, again like I I go to you for I go to you for my uh, fan analysis for some reason. Well, yeah. why not? It's a podcast. Well, what do you know anyway? So like, what, right. What's the difference? <laughs> can Can you pretend? I think it'll be popular enough just because of how big her brand is. Okay. But uh, I don't know how big it'll be. Like, depends on how... Like, I don't think it'll be big just because it's her. Like, ultimately, the star power will only carry one or two chapters, right? Eventually, people will be like, ah, yeah, all right, it's a Naomi Asuka manga. Like, that's cool. <laughs> now what? Like, if it's not good, I don't think people are going to continue. Like, are you asking whether the, the actual manga will be big? No, I'm just asking, like, you know, um, like how do, how does her identity work and, like, the positives and negatives of who she is? So, one, she's a big star, very good, very good at her sport. That's a plus. Her being mixed race, is that positive? Is that a negative? Like, how do you feel that affects the, uh, the consumer here? I think it's a positive at the very least in, like, because the, the, the hardest thing for any new manga is to get... Is to, I think, like someone, I can't remember where I read this, but essentially the biggest struggle for a manga is the first chapter. It's literally the first chapter. You can make a break on the first chapter. If your first chapter doesn't doesn't catch, then they'll just cancel you. Like, you won't even get a second chapter. Like, they'll just cancel you. But that's if you're a no-name, you know? With Naomi Asuka, I think even if the first one is a flop, at the very least, they'll run with a few. You know, like, with, okay. I don't right. know what, what the exact, like, yeah, in in manga, in anime, it's like twelve episodes or twenty six or twenty four episodes. I don't know if that exists also in manga, but yeah, like it depends. Will it be like a weekly serialization? Maybe to start off, and then it moves to like a monthly kind of thing. I don't know. Depends. I think at the very least, it'll help her. It'll be a positive for the first one, two, like chapters, and then from there, it depends on how good it is. 
All right. Well, maybe this is a story worth following. I, I hope it succeeds, and you know, and I and I hope it gets so big that you know Japan has to confront its uh, mixed race children issue a bit more directly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we we all saw the we all tuned into the fight via completely to... legal means. <clears throat> yeah. One hundred and ten percent legal. You know, I've actually been. Uh, this is an aside, but the only time I've actually... I have been once told not to do something illegally when I was using my college dorm internet to download HBO shows. So mm-hmm. that's actually... But that is the only time I remember like anything happening to me because I was doing anything illegally via the internet. But that, that's an aside. So I guess we all tune into this just because like I don't even know who Jake Paul is. I just heard he's a YouTuber. That's all I need no? to know. Okay. Yeah, and and I know who Nate Robinson is because uh, <laughs> you know yeah, who Nate exactly. Robinson is. See, I'm the exact opposite. I don't know who the fuck Nate Robinson is, other than that he was an NBA player. Yeah, well, he's an he's an NBA player who's known for being good. Was he despite good? Be- uh, was he a good he's player? Solid. Or was he just he's like solid? He's solid. He, he was like mediocre, but but he was like despite being like very short, he was mediocre, which oh, is yeah. why he was sort of like. He's more famous in his cult, skill. Like, a, cult, you, a cult hero kind of thing. He wasn't actually that good, but he was like he had a cult following. Yeah, basically, well, this combination. One, he played in New York, and New York's like the biggest media market in the USA, so you become a star here, even if you suck. And uh, two, yeah, an equivalent player of his height, equivalent player of like a normal height wouldn't have become a star, but, you know, people like the underdog story. Okay, he's yeah. always been that kind of like, oh, like you are way shorter than the average basketball player. Mm-hmm. He's still like, you know, like normal size for, a, for you know, for a regular person, but for a basketball player, he's like, he's super short for a basketball player. And uh, like yeah, that's why. Be- Yo, I could yeah, be exactly. an NBA player, probably not. Right, right. If, <laughs> if, 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 if you could jump like a meter. Yeah, I can jump ten centimeters, maybe. Yeah, if your standing jump was like a meter plus, then you could, and you had like the hand-eye coordination to you know <laughs> to do all all of, all those basketball things. Look, look, we're not we're not playing that. We're just playing height here, and height-wise, I could be in the NBA. And, and so you you're a big boxing plus MMA fan. Yeah, I'm more of a boxing fan than an MMA fan now. But I've gotten more into MMA nowadays because my friends are into it. But yeah. All right. All right. So, so everyone wanted to, not everyone, but you know, like people like you and me want to watch this because we, we love the idea. We love the idea of like contrasting styles. It's, it's sort of why the, the original UFCs were so popular. It's the freak mm-hmm. show of like, oh, there's the sumo guy versus the boxer. You know, we yeah. love like. We love like the contrast. So this is like an untrained guy who's athletic enough to be a professional athlete versus this, uh, whatever. Yeah, you literally a YouTuber, but a YouTuber who's been practicing boxing for what Two three years. years. Who's gonna win? Who's gonna win? And, and uh, I was actually kind of surprised that the betting lines favored Jake Paul. And I don't know what that says. Does that mean boxing fans are smart and they know that skill trumps athleticism most of the time? Like, what 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 do you think that says? What do you expect? What do you expect? What do, you, do you agree with the betting? I expected Jake Paul to win. Like, he, he he looks at the very least in his other fights to have, like, a, a sort of understanding of how boxing works and how, like, tra- like trading in boxing works, you know, defending in boxing works. At the very least, you have a baseline of how good Jake Paul is, assuming he does absolutely nothing and doesn't improve or not improve. Like, you have a baseline understanding of how good he is. And he's versing a guy who'd never fought before. Like, sure, he was a good basketball player. But you you can't jump in. <laughs> I mean, you could jump in boxing, but <laughs> jump over the guy's punches. But yeah, like it doesn't really translate other than like general like speed, I guess, or footwork maybe. But even then, the footwork in the footwork in boxing is completely different. 
that's an interesting contrast. So you and the betters agreed that Jake Paul should be favored because you guys appreciate the skill that required to box and he ended up being right because like he destroyed him. Oh, yeah, that's what. By the way, yeah, if you didn't watch it, basically the YouTuber he just fucking annihilated. Was it first? It was first round, right? Or did he make it to the second round? He made it in the second round, but he got he got knocked down twice. Okay, that's that. that okay, now I remember the first knockdown in any other fight would have been called then. That was right. <laughs> they they. I, I made the joke to my mate. I was like, "This guy's got money on second round knockout. It has to be." There's no the guy counted to ten. The guy like normally you'd have to like show that you're ready, but he just yeah, stopped yeah. the count even though he didn't show that he was yeah. ready. Yeah, he gave him a he gave him a second. Yeah, he gave him a second. It was actually dangerous to me. It was actually probably dangerous to let him fight. Keep yeah, that's kind of like boxing. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and but but people people like me and people like me and like people who are casuals, I I guess our thinking was, hey, you know, athleticism trumps everything. So, I I didn't know. I thought it'd be closer at least. I thought, oh, hey, you know, this guy's like Nate Robinson is because uh, he's very really athletic, or at least. He has a certain kind of like very visible athleticism. He can jump very high. He's very he's very explosive, very quick at least. Yeah. That, that's what he showed in the NBA because he's like a three time slam dunk champion. Okay. Yeah, that, that that's sort of his claim to fame. Like he was a solid player, but he was also a three time slam dunk champion because he could like jump insanely high off a of running start. Yeah. But then again, if you, if you think about it, that's like completely irrelevant to boxing. <laughs> it is. That's what I said. That's what I said. Like even athleticism in terms of speed. Um, mm-hmm. doesn't translate over very well because boxing's footwork is is completely different. And I, I saw a lot of people with the fight under behind it uh, discussing how I, I still don't understand why people don't understand. Uh, I kind of do why people don't get how boxing. This is like a trigger thing for me. How boxing's card, like how judging works in boxing, and how it's different to MMA. And people still try to apply it. Like MMA fans still don't apply. It. Like why was this fight so close? Like people argue about a fight and they say, "Oh, this guy destroyed this guy," but the point difference was like two points and i'm like look it's 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 you you don't gain points in boxing you just lose mm. they like theoretically the, the a, a boxing round will almost always be 10 to 9 mm. almost always and the only way to like be lo- lower than 10 to 9 is to have knocked the guy down twice or like in like the rarest of situations where you absolutely mauled the guy but you never knocked him down you could maybe get a 10 to 8 but even then people would be pointing fingers for you giving a 10 to 8 for no knockdown. So since, the, like, in the other fight, there were no knockdowns. There, there was a fight before that. I forgot who it was. But it was a really good fight. Like, it was a fight with, like, a semi-professional boxer and a pretty professional boxer. It was a, it was a good fight. And, yeah. Oh, you mean the, you mean the one with the ex, uh, ex-Marine? Yeah, the Marine. The... They love doing the whole Marine shtick. Dude, dude, that thing was, like, even... I feel like that was even more dangerous than... Like, it probably you know, was. Like, his, his, his team should have called in the towel. But... He's, at the he's same an amateur. Time, that yeah, guy was an yeah, technically he was, he was an amateur. Technically, so. yeah, yeah. But but he actually, he showed a lot of heart, and he's like defense wise, and he so took, did Nate. Nate but, showed a lot of heart too, because like he could have thrown in the towel or just like laid down, but he yeah, like he had, he had money in the second round, bro. Nate, oh, you mean Nate? You mean Nate did? <laughs> no, 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 everyone had money on the second round. Bro. There's no way that call yeah, would have yeah. existed. I, I, I'm convinced. I'm convinced second round knockout had money on it with that call. I'm, I'm, that ten. I'm just saying. Well, Nate got knocked down second round too, and he could have like stayed down on this on the first knockdown. But I'm just yeah. Nate, Nate went out on a shield. I just want to give him that. You know, like whether that's smart to do or not, whatever. But he was tough. Like he like, he took his yeah. beating. And uh, he, I will agree. He, he showed some heart. He got knocked down twice as well before he got the official knockout. That's what I mean. Like he could have just stayed down on the second knockdown, but yeah, he true. got back up and just just took it. Yeah, took <laughs> took that brain damage like a champ. Ah, 
yeah. I mean, if you if you want to put it that way, yes. Like, yeah, you you have heart, but you have a brain. All right. So, uh, so, so where, where were we going? Because you want you you were you. Uh, sorry, I interrupted your rant on people don't not understanding boxing. Yeah. So, so the way boxing cards work is essentially every round will be ten to nine, based on who 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 they think dominated, and more likely, if someone knocked someone down, it becomes ten to nine as the fight. If you knock him down twice, it becomes ten to eight. So theoretically, like if you go through the rounds, assuming like it wasn't a complete mulling back to back to back, um, the end score will be extremely close, like two to three points, regardless of how how favored one person was. But when people look at the end score and they're like, oh, boxing is rigged, the judges, what were they watching? No, they, weren't, they were watching the, the fight and like they were judging appropriately because boxing in and of itself, the judging scorecard is meant to be close at the end, like inherently it's designed to be close at the end. Whereas people see like a this, like a mauling and think, ah, oh, this should have been like I don't know, thirty to twenty, whatever, however however long the fight was, kind of yeah. thing. And like with the whole Tyson one, like that that was just fake judging. Like it was obvious. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. It was obvious rigging because they weren't judges. Yeah. They they, just, it wasn't allowed been... to be judges. It wasn't allowed to be a fight. It was an exhibition. It was what was the word they used? Hard sparring. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They brought back fifty of Mike Tyson versus a similarly aged. Also, also legendary boxer, and they had them have a match because I guess they both wanted a payday because Mike Tyson got paid ten million for it. I think. Did he? I didn't know it was that much. Fuck. Yeah. This, yeah. So they brought back two really old boxers and had them had them have a very short, abbreviated match. And this was the biggest boxing day of the year, was it? Probably. Anyway, yes. But as I was saying, it was clearly clearly rigged because they went the distance, and instead of regular judges. Because this was not a uh, sanction, whatever. Yeah. This was like they called this sparring match, and they had three former boxers be the judges, and they somehow magically arrived at the conclusion that this match was a draw, <laughs> despite the fact that I think most people would say Tyson won it. Yes, uh, that's what that's what happens in boxing. They just yeah, they they just throw darts at a dartboard, and then that's how they get the judging. Everyone's hated on judging in boxing for for decades now. It's not something new. That's true. Even like quote unquote professional judges aren't exactly, uh, yeah. Yeah, it depends on how much you believe the whole. Uh, at the very least, it's somewhat believable that there is some sort of rigging for betting lines, because that's where the real money comes from. Boxing, you know, it's not the actual sport. So it, I think it, I think betting does exist as a revenue stream for a lot of sports, but I think it's the by far the biggest revenue stream for boxing, like it, proportionally wise compared to like something like NBA, NFL. I feel like its proportion is way out of balance with the actual sport versus like NBA or NFL. But I don't actually have the numbers to prove that. I'm just chucking this shit out because uh, we don't actually fact check anything we say here. Yeah. Everyone was raving, ranting about the Spotify Wrapped, which has now become like a bastion of culture where you can prove your cultural prowess and your special superiority, superiority as I do. My superiority over other people with my good music tastes. And I don't know, let me, let me pull out my uh, Spotify rap. So clearly I was very out there when my most played. Oh, let's just, let's just list my, oh God, why doesn't it do it the first? My top artist were seatbelts because all I listened to was Cowboy Bebop <laughs> for the past six months. <laughs> so Oh, sweet. Yeah, because they, they yeah. dropped that on uh, Spotify like a couple months ago. So yeah, listen to Four Lovers by Lamp. What, what an album, a beautiful album. And yeah, that's my album for the week. Right. Thanks for bringing your expertise on boxing, unboxing racism around the world, 
and uh, how people perceive New Yorkers. I don't know. We have nothing to plug. We have no sponsors. We have no uh, sponsors yet. Keith, <clears throat> go get us some fucking money, listen, man. Listen, listen to the podcast. Subscribe, rate, review, download, etc. Everything. Delete, redownload. Yeah, get our numbers stuff. up. Pump Thanks, those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers. Thanks, guys. Peace out.